Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Oh, not much, man. It's, uh, it's been a busy week. I'm kind of looking forward to kicking back this weekend, that's for sure. Excellent. Well, joining us this evening is our foreign correspondent, John Van Berger. John, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. How are you guys doing? Hey, good. Thanks for joining us, John. Was it <laughs> yeah. good evening when you join us? Oh, thank you. I haven't heard it's very from nice you of since you, but last week. Not... <laughs> last week? No, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? No. Yeah, no, it was last so. week. That was last was week. it last week? Just yeah. all blends together. Wow, I'll have what the guy in Wisconsin's having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was last week, buddy. It was last oh, week. okay. Okay. I'll take your word for it. All right. Now, uh, you've been busy? <laughs> yeah, very busy. So it's everything's sort of running together right now. Oh, I hear you. It's a uh, it's busy time of season, it seems to be right now. Busy time of year. All right. Yep. Getting getting everything geared to, for spring and the, <clears throat> excuse me, the paddling shows. and Definitely. Hope, definitely. Hoping to get out and do some winter camping soon, too. Oh, right on. Yeah, Talk I think uh, my... My birthday weekend, uh, I think I'm going to be able to get out and maybe do something. When's your birthday? Um, uh, February 7th. Oh, that's right. The day so after that, my dad's. That's right. Yeah, the weekend of the 5th, 6th. So, and just to make it easier on you guys, because I know the issue with postage, as we've seen, you know, can take forever to send stuff across the border. Mm-hmm. You guys can just send me some cash. Uh, electronically. Oh, and yeah. You I'm, I'm not sending anybody any transfers. Money. There you go. <laughs> Just There's no e-transfer. delay. See, I'm making it easy on you. I'm thoughtful that way. <laughs> Do they take coins through e-transfer? <laughs> a lot of coins all, all added together, sure. Here's a silver dollar, John. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> nice and shiny. Oh, uh, what did it, that, that, uh, I'm looking at your notes here, John. Tell us about Emily Ford. Emily Ford. Yes. Yeah. This is something, something very cool that's happening here in Wisconsin, even as we speak. Uh, Emily Ford is a lady from Duluth, Minnesota, who, along with a husky named Diggins, is currently attempting a through hike on the Ice Age National Scenic Trail. Uh, here in Wisconsin. That's the one, and we've talked about that in the past, that yeah. I wanted to do. But because of COVID, I had to postpone it. Right. Um, but she has, uh, she started this uh, through uh, through tra- or through or hike attempt, if I could speak, speak tonight, <laughs> um, on December 28th. And she is um, getting close to the 500-mile mark right now. Wow, that's so not that's, bad, eh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Very cool. So she uh, she started out pulling a, a polk behind her, and she had wheels set up on that as well, and uh, which is kind of what I was looking at too. And she's ditched that, so she is hiking with about a sixty pound pack on. But again, she's young and she's strong, so she's uh, cranking out about twenty miles a day right now. That's not bad, eh? Wow. Yeah, it's impressive. Well, you know, and that's a that's moving. That's a, a mix of road miles and trail miles. So, yeah, she's uh, she's hoofing it pretty good. And the dog's yeah. enjoying it, I presume. It sure looks like it from the photos and stuff that uh, yeah that she's posted. Uh, it looks like the dog's having a blast. Cool. 
Yeah. And why is she doing it? She is, well, it's, it's kind of cool, her personal story. She's actually the first woman that's, uh, if she makes it, that will have done the through hike in winter. She'll be the second person overall to be able to do it in winter. But she, um, this, is, this is great. I, I like this quote a lot. Uh, there's an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And it says, Ford, who describes herself as 50% African-American, gay, and from a divorced family, said the main reason she's hiking is to show other people like her who don't fit the traditional white male outdoors look that they can do things outside too. Uh, Quote, why winter? Why now? Because it doesn't matter what season it is. I just want people to feel that they can do it too, she said. People who haven't ever felt like they fit in the crowds of people or never found their, quote, group. People who feel different for all sorts of reasons. For the people who look like me and are afraid to spend a night under the stars. I don't want others to be deprived of such calm and beauty because of societal fear. I think we can change that and I want to help. I want people to know that literally anyone can play outdoors. No matter which boxes you do or do not check. Through my time backpacking, I've never really met another brown person backpacking, skiing, or mountain biking. I know that brown people are outdoors. I see it on Instagram now. But I want to add to the story. Cool. Which is, yeah, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is, uh, the trail is 1,140 miles long. So she's getting close to that halfway point. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. So she, nice. she should be done by the end of February. Um, she's hoping, yeah, early March, I think, is is what she's hoping for. Uh, I was thinking about when I was do it, I would start actually on the winter solstice on December 21st, and it'd probably take me about four or five years to finish. So, you know, she's a, she's <laughs> she's on track to do very well with it. Are you doing it on a unicycle backwards, John? Like, I'm just, dude, I'm just old and slow. <laughs> she's, if she you know, can she's, do it in two months. She's she's 26 and strong, you know, so I mean... Uh, you know, but I'm I'm excited for it. It's it's very cool to do, um, and uh, hopefully next year I'll be, you know, trying to get my name in that book too. You'll be the oldest guy to do it. <laughs> Actually, both if she makes it, and the the other guy that did it, he was 28, I believe. So yeah, I will be twice as old as either of them. But you know, there's another way to look at it too, right? So Apollo 11 was the first moon landing right mm-hmm. so first one on the moon apollo 12 they went up and everything was cool there and then the third one was apollo 13 which had all the problems like broken knees and yes yes so i'm thinking i'm going to be the apollo 13 of the ice age trail awesome, awesome. yeah yeah so should we let us know when you're going to do it and we'll start taking resumes for our foreign new foreign correspondent <laughs> yes yeah. i think the, the, the other thing you know the other thing would be like uh you know with the yukon journey where uh i had that uh dream where you guys were holding an on-air contest uh about what day we were gonna crap out <laughs> <laughs> yes dear diary day three we're done <laughs> That's right. so you know i think um i think you could do that and it could be great yeah yeah get that pool going Oh, man, I'm going to make a fortune. <laughs> going to make an absolute fortune. 
How long did it take John? Oh, he's never going to finish it. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else is going on your way? Uh, what else here? Oh, Boundary Waters. Boundary Waters. Yeah, the Boundary Waters canoe area. The reservation permits opened yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people were excited to apply for those. Yes, and anybody going in now, have they put it in place or are they still talking about it? You got to watch a video. The three videos. The three videos, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and and if you go up to Sylvania, which is over on the upper peninsula of Michigan, which is one of my favorite places to go, and it's referred to as a little boundary waters area, you have to watch, I think, one or maybe two videos, you know, when you go in there too. So, you know, it's, it's annoying, but... When you go up to Denali in Alaska, it's the same thing. They make you watch, you know, uh, bear videos. I think they make you watch, if I remember right, one about crossing streams or something because of, you know, so many problems with the fast-moving water. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I think that when that was when I was up there, those were the only two you had to watch. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of typical. And, I mean, given what we're seeing with all of the garbage and all the other you know, crap going on in the backcountry. Back yeah. I don't mind it. You know, you know but, I don't yeah, mind it. My big thing is how many people are lined up to get into these places that I'll have to sit and watch these movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the only drag. Right. Like when you're talking about going into to Denali, like how many people are ahead of you watching that movie? Well, you know, what they would do is, is a lot of times you'd go to the desk and they say, oh, go over and we're going to just hit that now. And, you know, it was at the time, it was kind of a chaotic, I don't know how, how they're doing it now. At the time it was fairly chaotic, you know, like you get to the, you get to the doors three hours before it opened and wait, that kind of thing, you know, and then you get inside and, you know, bull rush the, (laughs) the poor ranger who's (laughs) behind the desk. And, uh, so, you know, they were, they were pretty cool about that and watch that and then come back and then they just keep moving and alternating people. So, but Mm -hmm. I hear you, you know, it's. I don't know. You know, it's it's that thing like like we talked about having an etiquette guide or something. And it's just trying to do something to keep people from. Oh, I, I fully don't disagree know. with it at all. Yeah, I yeah. I think it'll be a good thing, and hopefully, get people that are going for to the backcountry for the first time a little bit of a oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a little <laughs> heads up because we've all seen we've all seen and heard evidence of of people who are not experienced in the backcountry and and the 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 damage that they leave behind just just because they didn't know that this or that shouldn't be done and and you know about hanging food and about not trenching in your campsite and stuff like that right mm-hmm. so it's i think it's yeah. handy to teach people these things and and unfortunately it's it, they have to make these things mandatory because there's been so much damage in the backcountry over the last year because of covid right yeah I remember back in the day when you used to dig a trench around your your tent. Mm-hmm. Yep. For the that rainwater. Was the, that yep. was the suggested thing to do, right? Yeah. Even the Boy Scouts talked about. Oh, that's where that. I learned yeah. how to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But now it's a no-no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, things have changed since the seventies, eighties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be the nineteen thirties for me. But. <laughs> <laughs> and in my day. Uh, the other thing that's going on is, um, all the things like Canucopia, the Quiet Adventure Symposium, everything's going virtual this year after everything being canceled last year. Uh, let's just talk about a couple of these things quickly. 
Uh, John, you're talking at the Quiet Adventure Symposium this year. Yes. Um, it is the 26th annual Quiet Adventure Symposium. It will be virtual. It will be over five evenings. It's usually a, a one day. Yeah. Um, in uh, East Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. Is it February or March? First, first weekend in March, first, typically. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and this time it's it's over five nights. It's um, each evening offers two parallel sessions with new speakers every thirty minutes. First two presentations begin at seven. Final two begin at nine. So you buy your virtual ticket and you get in to see which you pick and choose which ones you want to watch. Uh, it starts Tuesday, February sixteenth. Then Thursday, February 18th. Then the following Tuesday and Thursday, the 23rd, 25th. And then it ends February, on Saturday, February 27th. Uh, concluding with a concert by Jerry Vandiver. And if you happen to have a conflict one night where you want to see something but you can't, your registered ticket will get you links to view all the presentations once the event is over. So now when it comes to these presentations, so I remember it was, uh, what was it? The winter camping symposium, David Bain. Yeah. So they, he ran it and what was it? Uh, was it last fall? When did he do that? It was last spring. Last spring. Yeah. So when he ran it, he ran it, it was all live, but they ran into difficulties with the live streaming and there was some hiccups. And so I'm wondering, it's a quite a venture symposium. Are they planning on doing all these presentations live and then have them recording afterwards? Or are they going to, they're going to pre-record these events to make them a little bit more streamlined and less glitchy? No, I think the majority of them are supposed to be, um, Live again. A lot yeah. of the glitchiness. I mean, it, it was brand new at that point too when we were when they did the uh, symposium. Uh, yeah, everybody's trying online. to figure out how to use Zoom and how to use whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think the whole planet's become experts at online streaming now. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, at the end of the day, it's also you know what internet service you have, whether it's going to be blipping in and out or you know mm -hmm. or not, sort of thing. So, I mean, I've yeah. recently upgraded our internet at the house here to ridiculous speed and it seems to be uh, working fine so um but yeah so yeah uh, i think what they're going to do for the quiet adventures symposium with the exception of their grand finale is they are going to be pre-recorded are uh, all going to be because i yeah. thought they were supposed to be question yeah. and answer periods uh they're going to be question and answer periods at the end of them apparently they're going to they're allowing for like 10 minutes q a so oh. the, you'll go into the presentation that will be recorded. So, so if there is a, I think what they're trying to do is if there is a technical glitch, you know, this doing it this yeah. way will avoid that from you know. Um, yeah, I know that Canucopia, uh, and I'll pivot very quickly here, and we'll go back and and talk about Quiet Adventures. I know Canucopia. The way they're doing theirs is to have everybody pre-record whether you're doing live show or not. That way, if the live fails they can pull up the pre-recorded and put it in its place. Which is a good so, thing. Yeah. So, but back to the Quiet Adventure Symposium. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to quietwatersociety.org, that's the uh, Quiet Adventure Symposium's website, uh, you can find their tentative schedule on the website itself. So it says who's speaking when. Uh, I don't think it's fully 100% finished yet, but uh, you'll get a good idea of, 
of who's speaking. Uh, you're looking at, you know, Cliff Jacobson, Kevin Callan, this John Van Berger hack. Some uh, schmo. Some schmo, yeah, yeah from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Rob Kesselring, Andrea Nepper, Alan Deming, Hap Wilson, many, many more. Uh, and again, the Camper Kate and Jerry Berry. I think Jerry <laughs> Vandiver's trying to disguise himself here. Uh, <laughs> Given his... <laughs> <laughs> Given his criminal record, that's not surprising. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mafia will never that. find you, Jerry. <laughs> Two of them are coming out with a – is it a show or is it a book that they're coming out with? Or is it an uh, album? It's a kid's album or kid's oh, show album. Oh, album. Album, yeah. Yeah. Uh, boo. If you go to the website, click 2021 Virtual QAS tab at the top. Click attendee registration, and there's a button at the bottom you can click uh, to get your tickets. Um, did you have the prices there, John? I don't. I believe it's ten dollars for all of it, though. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and my computer just shut off. I can I can actually and pull then, that up while we're Oh yeah, ten dollars for talking. at least forty presentations. You did See? have it in your notes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, go to quietwatersociety.org and find out all the information you need for the Quiet Adventure Symposium in February. Uh, Canucopia. Are you presenting at Canucopia? I am. You are. I'm doing a, actually, I'm doing a panel discussion there with Kevin Callen. Uh, Krista Martineau, who is uh, an emergency medical responder, mm -hmm. and then Scott Oath of Bull Moose Patrol, and we're going to be talking about safety. You're getting nice. Kevin Callen in there for safety? Mm -hmm. Well, and you're getting <laughs> you in there for safety? Well, see, I'm the poster boy for not doing it this way. Yeah. It's sort of, you know... That's, that's, People will learn from your mistakes. Yeah. See, that's the point. And Krista is the person who actually patched up my hand after I shredded it at that Event oh class. Yes. yes. So you know, so she, we know she's good, and we know she knows what she's doing. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was like, it was almost like an interview or something. She was, she was <laughs> trialing her. She's okay. Yes, you were able to put my thumb back on. So we're gonna have you next year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, Canucopia, it's virtual again, March 12th to 14th. It's a three-day virtual ticket for 15 bucks. Uh, what do they say here? Trying to recreate the in-person experience would be silly, so why not make it in some ways better? Virtual Canucopia won't replace the laughs, hugs. Wait, wait, there was hugs? I didn't get hugs. Uh, yeah, energy. I offered free hugs at my booth. Yeah. That's why nobody came over. Well, it must be. <laughs> He's uh, a creepy guy in the hallway. <laughs> it's not creepy if you like it. <laughs> uh, energy that comes from person-to-person -person interactions, but we wanted, want it to be the next best thing. 80 presentations, uh, 70 wow. exhibitors. So explore exhibitor virtual booths where you can text chat with, uh, text chat with exhibitors, watch product demos, see presentations from their shops, galleries, and factories. Exhibitors can share informational documents, have virtual meetings scheduled for attendees to talk with a representative. Uh, it's basically just like an in-person canoe copia, but virtual. Some exhibitors will be offering free giveaways during the weekend, so be sure to check out all the booths. Go to canoe copia webpage to get your tickets. So three-day virtual ticket, 15 bucks, and you don't have to drive there. 
So I can see where people like uh, uh, Matt Olson and stuff is like, what? I don't have to sit in the car for 12 hours listening to Sean talk? Yeah. <laughs> Me and Alan, we're a great team. <laughs> I I heard stories about that drive. It was like you and Alan just would not shut up. It was what, a 10-hour drive? There's Scott like and Matt in the back trying to sleep. No, it was uh, Sontag. Dwayne. Dwayne and Dwayne and Matt, <laughs> they were in the back. And like, you guys don't shut up. Matt, uh, Dwayne had no problems. <laughs> he put headphones in. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, um, Alan was driving, so I had to try to keep him awake. <laughs> so what better way to keep him awake than just let's just yep. keep on chatting. <laughs> um, What else we got here? Do, 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 do. Toronto. Oh, this yes. is an interesting one, though. Yeah. Um, the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show is scheduled normally that's in february mm-hmm. they've pushed back to april mm-hmm. and really? they are going to try to have an in-person event somebody has yeah. not been paying attention to the news <laughs> i know right <laughs> why has something been going on up there um <laughs> yeah well, we have a giant dandruff outbreak <gasps> uh, it's Lord. an epidemic if you will. <laughs> Some would say it's a pandemic. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't know how they think they can make it happen in April. Like, if it's not going to happen, I guess. Anyways, we're not, yeah. this, things aren't going to happen until next year. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine there's going to be any in-person events no. until that first round of, of vaccines gets out, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, and who knows what it'll look like then, too. So, you know, I, one thing yeah. I've learned during all of this is not to make any plans. Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. You know? Okay. I'm planning so. not to make plans. <laughs> <laughs> Even that's foul. Dang. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some new gear. You know, let's, let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come sure. back. And we're going to talk uh, a couple of pieces of new gear uh, one's cool. The others are cool, but we have they're all cool. issues. <laughs> we have. Oh, well, you issues. have issues. Yeah, you oh, have I issues. got issues, but <laughs> you have issues. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So let's talk a bit of gear, fellas. Uh, I was on... Ontario Backcountry Camping Facebook page the other day. and a Which is a great group, by the way. It is a great group. Uh, if you're not on it, join it. 
uh, Ontario yeah. backcountry camping. A lot of a lot of good questions, a lot of good uh, chats. Uh, there was a video by Mike. I think it's Prue, P R O U T. Uh, he did a video of this new Opiongo Aerial A1 tent. Now, Derek, you have the tensile tent. It's a hanging tent. Yes. Um, so the difference between these two is this one uses two trees and the tensile uses three trees. So it's it's sort of – now, the tensile tent is hangs. So it's basically take a tent that's on the ground and just suspend it from three Correct. trees. Well, this yeah, this one it has four contact points, but only uses two trees because it's the it goes from one corner. So picture this just a regular rectangle tent, and the strap connects at one corner, wraps around the tree, and then comes to the second corner on the one end, and then same there's another tree with another strap on the other end, and it'll suspend it well however high you want off the ground. Uh, it's just a regular rectangle dome-shaped tent off the ground. It's yeah. supposed to be. Uh, I hear it's. It's. I think it's five point five pounds uh, altogether. It doesn't have the big heavy-duty straps like the tensile does, or not straps, uh, buckles. Um, you got exactly. The- yeah. So the for the tensile, it has some has some pretty heavy-duty buckles, and you can reduce some weight by uh, by just like. Two of the points, you just use the strap and use the, the turnbuckle on the third point. And, but they, they add a lot of weight. The, the, the tensile tent is, it's not something you're going to take into the backcountry because it's, it just from my using it, it's, you need the ideal situation with the right three trees and the right distance apart. It's, so it's a complicated setup. Not complicated. It's just the specific requirements of uh, locating three trees in, in a perfect triangle type thing, right? And so they could be offset a bit, but it's usually best to have it almost perfect. Whereas so you, this thing here, just need a just like you'd hang a hammock. This thing here, you just need a couple of big trees, ideally big enough so that it it gives it some stability. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's I, I really like this. I like the design. I like the look of it. It's it's really cool looking. Uh, it was a Kickstarter, and I think it's just you can pre-order right now for four hundred and seventy-nine Canadian. Uh, Opiongo dot camp. How do they get the dot camp website? Yeah, I know. I've never seen that before. Yeah. O-P-E-O-N-G-O dot camp. C-A-M-P. Uh, that's their website. You can go there. You can pre-order one. Limited supply, they're saying right now. Uh, it started as a Kickstarter, and they were hoping to get thirty grand, and they ended up with like 405000 <laughs> Wow. Like, can you say supply chain problems? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um, so it is... Uh, we're going to post the link, Mike's uh, YouTube video. He did a little unboxing and set it up and, and talked about what he thought of it. Uh, we'll we'll post that on our website there. and But go definitely check it out, opiongo.camp, for all the specs of it all. But, yeah, you know what? I do like the fact, and that's the one thing that we had talked about with the tensile, is what if you come across a spot that doesn't have the three perfect trees? What are you going to do? And then this one here, if you don't have the two perfect trees, like a regular hammock set up, um, you can just throw it up like a regular tent. You can put it on the ground, yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. Now, John apparently has issues, as we I all do. do. <laughs> <laughs> we all have issues, let's yes. be honest. <laughs> but what are your issues? I think you have issues with sleeping in a hammock, per se. Anyway. Well, I, th- I think what it does is it, it puts you at the perfect height when you have these set up for a bear to come underneath or a mountain lion to come underneath and bite <laughs> you in the butt. It's like you're you're low hanging fruit at that point. Let's be honest. What are the what are the statistics for that? Oh, I can I can find stats that show these are incredibly dangerous. <laughs> so and 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 then these days you don't have to have real facts. So I will make up some statistics. And, some call it and, real news. And I'll and I'll post it on my website, and and I'll let you know. Okay. Once it's posted, <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> That's right. Once it's yeah, once it's on the internets, um, you know what is interesting with this though. While while you're talking about this, I did pull up the site and I'm looking at it. And uh, despite the jokes, you know about it, it is kind of cool. Like they have it across uh, on two uh, over a stream, mm-hmm. you know, where it's up above the stream and everything. And it's it's just kind of cool stuff. They have it hooked up to a car and then to one tree. Um, so if you're someplace, you know, where you have access, uh, if you're in a, a parking lot or something like that, you can still use it. It's kind of interesting. Um, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah. My question being, what's the difference between a bear just jumping on the tent with mm-hmm. you in it or mm-hmm. him getting underneath? Well, see if it's underneath, I suppose it depends on whether you're a side back or stomach sleeper. As to what bits the bear would be <laughs> able to get to first. Um, See, if the bear jumps on you when you're on the ground, mm-hmm. you're SOL. But if he's underneath, <laughs> yes. then you can jump out because you don't have a 500 bear. No, you're on top now. You jump on him and you run to the bush <laughs> like the Lone Ranger. <laughs> See well, where I'm going I, with this? I think this is better, John. I don't think you know what you're talking about. An interesting point with the tensile tent is uh, you can hang it at any height, and they do have a rope ladder that you can attach. The, there's a hole. You can get in on the tensile. You get in through the center hole, or you can get in through the side. And uh, But from the center hole, you can get a rope ladder so that you could, say, put it like 15 feet off the ground and climb up the rope ladder and get inside. But bears hmm. climb trees, don't you know? True. And then True. you get know, across like you were a hanging food barrel, don't you know? That's right. Yeah, that's true. Do we need to get Cliff we... Jacobson in on this? <laughs> so when you hang your Derek in the woods, yeah, be sure right. you take him out away or from the we... other tents. <laughs> hang your Derek 250 feet away from your campsite. <laughs> Maybe put him in a, in a one of those, what are those, Ursus bags? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, they can, so they can chew on me and break my bones, but they can't get actually get at me. Yeah, that's exactly it, my friend. See? You may get broken bones, but you won't get puncture wounds. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> We're looking out for you, buddy. There you go. There you go. Yes, yeah, I see? appreciate that. Yeah. That's right. With friends <laughs> like us, who needs enemas? Yes. So, yeah, the Opiongo Aerial A1. Go to opiongo.camp to check out all the specs. But um, if you're – now, see, I had the problem. I used a Hennessy hammock. And the yep. Hennessy hammock has that top wire. 
And oh, yeah. I, In your face. I was sitting farther up towards the top point, and when I would raise my head in the middle of the night, I ended up with a cut across my forehead. Really? Because I kept hitting that top wire. Huh. People this, with hair. It doesn't bother people with hair, though. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, this would totally eliminate that. It would. Yeah, you're in, you're in a hanging tent, basically. So it's. Right. A, I like the setup. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. So this is the aerial A1. I assume they're going to come out with an A2, a two-man. Maybe a two-man version? Yeah. But I, I would have to think if you're hanging off one tree – you're going to end up with uh, some sort of giant uh, spacer bar, a longer Maybe. spacer bar at the end. Yeah. Stop you from sandwiching together. Yeah. No, I picked up a, a hammock this last year, and I still have not tried it out. I still got to pick myself up a new hammock. My old. Oh one yes, ripped. you fell through yours. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> you burst the tensile strength. Must have been. Yeah. Is that when you sat up, hit your head, cut your head, and you screamed and jumped and ripped a hole? This sounds like a disaster, man. This sounds like a John Van Berger trip. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Things breaking, people getting eaten alive, all that sort of stuff. Bears hanging, mobbling on you. No. Uh, so go check. Yeah, we'll post. We'll post the video. Go check out the Opiongo Aerial A1 uh, hanging tent. You'll. You'll get a really good kick out of it. Uh, hopefully, if people are going to buy one, let us know. Uh, to continue on to things that are bugging us, new gear. <laughs> 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 no, this bothers you guys, too. You. Doesn't uh, bug me at all. So, Hobie has new inflatable Mirage iTrek series and Mirage iEclipse series paddlecraft. Uh, pedal driven. So they have their, um, Mirage drive, they call it, uh, pedals that you push back and forth and there's two fins underneath that move. This is, this isn't new technology. This has been around. They had, they've had this out for a few years now. Um, it's very efficient. You get really going for a pretty good clip. Oh yeah. So you're not needing the paddle on a kayak yeah, and that sort of thing. So they have announced Brand spanking new. Um, I think about a week, week and a half ago. Yeah, they're not even out yet. They're Something not like in that. storage. Yeah. Yet. Um, there is the. Uh, I just lost my. Oh, the i Mirage i Trek series inflatable pedal kayaks, and the Mirage i Eclipse, the world's first inflatable stand up pedal board. Sounds pretty That's, cool. It is. The four new inflatable pedal-driven kayaks, each featuring Hobie's signature Mirage Drive GT with glide technology. Uh, kick-up fins. The iTrek series maximizes agility, speed, and responsiveness on the water while also enabling supreme transportability. So being inflatable is awesome because then you just you can take it in your car if you live in the city and pack it in your uh, closet and then get out for the weekend, that sort of thing, right? Uh, what else they got? Oh, so they talk about these in their, their list. They got the Mirage iTrek 9 Ultralight, 
Now, here's I'll, I'll get I'll tell you my issue with this right off the bat. If you go to hobie.com, h o b i e.com, look under kayaks, you scroll down, you'll see the Mirage inflatable pedal kayaks. Click on any one of them and they'll show a little video at the top that shows what it looks like paddling. I want you to tell me these are not stand-up paddle boards with seats. <laughs> they are stand-up paddle boards with seats. They're not kayaks. No, they're not kayaks. They call them kayaks. They're saying these are kayaks. These are not kayaks. Yeah, me and John discussed it, and we don't have an issue with that. You lie. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not a kayak, don't call them a kayak. Call them a stand-up paddleboard with seats. <laughs> So the iTrek 9 Ultralight is the lightest, most transportable, and most maneuverable pedal kayak. Not a kayak. And it fitted with a hull weight of just 20 pounds. Also doubles... Oh, oh. Also doubles as a stand-up paddle platform. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Well, shut my mouth. By simply removing the mesh seat and the Mirage pedal drive and using the included SUP paddle. <laughs> hmm. so it's a sit paddle board <laughs> it's a sitting paddle board they call it a kayak the Mirage <laughs> iTrek 11 is the workhorse of the series features an ultra durable inflatable drop stitch full or hull with triple chamber construction boasting outstanding performance agility stability rigidity all while weighing in at under 30 pounds fully fitted this isn't bad you could like portage this stuff yeah yeah <laughs> The iTrek Duo 14 Duo delivers double the power equipped with two seats uh, in parallel. And now is that a 14 foot kayak, Sean? No, it's a 14 foot paddleboard with two seats. <laughs> oh, okay. Have you not been paying attention? They call it a kayak, <laughs> but you know, two Mirage drives and limit, limitless opportunity for tandem adventures. Uh hmm. And this one. Oh, yes. What? What, Derek? Have you never seen a I kayak do. like this? <laughs> Come on, tell like me. Have you never seen a kayak like this before? Inflatable. The Mirage, like that. The Mirage Fiesta. With four seats that can be positioned to face one another for social hour. A stand-up paddleboard paddle. Two Mirage drives with the ability to add two more. An ample room for coolers, pups, and kids to tag along. The Fiesta was built with fun in mind. This an is island. not a kayak. This is a four-seat stand-up paddleboard. It's an island. <laughs> it's an island. Thing's massive. Thing's you know, massive. I think a fun island. I think it would be. I, I'm with Derek on this one. I think this is awesome. Oh, it's pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> don't I want, get me wrong. I want to call up Scott Robinson, and <laughs> and the four of us can go do a backcountry trip with the Fiesta. Oh, that's a that's a brilliant idea. Wouldn't that be great? Now, you, <laughs> question being, do you get four four of the Mirage drives or two? Oh, four, four for sure. Now, where do you put your gear? Warp speed. Well, there's I mean, there's you, a gear spot at the back. You can pile yep. some on the nose. Yep. And between you. Well, there's not, not a lot much of room. Videos, 
Yeah. There's room. I'm looking at the video right now. Yeah. Look, if we yeah. take a cooler and Scott gets bacon, he doesn't need anything else. He doesn't need a tent. He doesn't need – as <laughs> long as true. bacon there, he's good. <laughs> right? And if bacon you and tote, whiskey. <laughs> yes. I'd be willing to say you could probably go out on the ocean across the ocean on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All those in I favor? It's a, a reasonable <laughs> supposition. <laughs> I mean, can you not cross the ocean on a kayak? Yep. You know, I think what we need to do is contact Hobie. Tell him the minute <laughs> the, the border opens, we need to get an evaluation unit. And we'll get one of these and we'll take it up to Algonquin. And we'll go do Ooh. some paddling. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yes. With yep. all four. Yeah. I think so. Could you? I've got to think how fast that thing's going to go with four people paddling away. <laughs> yeah, hyped up on sugar and coffee. I know, right? I bet you could water ski behind that thing. What's that? It's a pretty cool unit. It is. Yeah, go like to- it'd be fun. Go go to Hobie.com and scroll down, like I said, under the kayak one. And yeah, check click out on the... kayaks. <laughs> yeah. And it's in the kayak. Just trying to give them an aneurysm, aren't yeah. <laughs> Click on the kayaks. Go down to the inflatable pedal kayaks. Go to the end and look at the paddleboard. <laughs> uh, finally... The unprecedented Mirage Eye Eclipse is the inflatable uh, iteration of Hobie's stand-up pedal board. Uh, bringing all the advantages of the Mirage Drive pedal system to a versatile stand-up platform. So the, you remember the old steppers that uh, people used to get? Just oh, the yeah, two yeah, paddles yeah. and you could sit in front of your TV and walk sort of thing. Yeah. Picture that on a stand-up paddle board. And uh, bicycle handlebars coming straight up like a giant T. And you basically you walk. It's one of those drives where, again, below the paddleboard is these fins going back and forth to, propo- to propel you across the water. It's one of these pedal boards. It'd look pretty cool on one of these. Oh, <laughs> I tell you, sexy beast. <laughs> Uh, complete with a two-piece handlebar that makes skimming across the water a breeze and an intuitive, in, intuitive, I can't speak now, intuitive steering system that turns on a dime with a simple push or pull of the lever. The EI Eclipse is a user-friendly as it is innovative. But this thing's got, like, touristy spot written all over it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, this is a fun family thing. Cottage, yeah. you know, I I can see people using this thing. Friends of mine have this up at their cottage. I've used it a couple times. I, 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 they have one of these uh, Eclipse models, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's it goes pretty fast. And uh, it's it's what's fun is to uh, I didn't dump, but I did see a few people dump on it. It's uh, because you're standing up and you're you're holding on to a fixed uh, handlebar, and so you lean the wrong way, and the thing if you you can turn a little bit quick and it'll just toss you off, right? So it's yeah. kind of it's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and you can use this. They say without the drive, you can grab yourself a uh, stand up paddleboard paddle and yes. 
use yep. it as a regular stand-up paddleboard. Um, Absolutely. The main thing being is that they're they're inflatable, right? Yes. Which is yes. stored. If you if you live in the city, if you if you're in a condo, if if you're in a location where you don't have that much storage, with these inflatables, are they're they're perfect, right? Oh yeah. Or if it's just something you want to put away for the winter, or if you want to, if you if you have a small car and you need to travel and transport it, whatever. So the, a lot of these stand up paddleboard, these inflatable stand up paddleboards, they're pretty good for. They're very versatile, just like some of the uh, you know the folding kayaks and the, yeah. the folding kayaks and so on. Uh, what else do I say? The Mirage iTrek products include a high pressure hand pump, high volume electric pump, rugged bag suitable for travel or storage, a repair kit, adjustable nano mesh aluminum seats with removable cup hold. Oh, there you go, right there. Removable <laughs> cup holders. Cup holder. That does it. Uh, <laughs> premium Mirage drives with glide technology and kick up fins. The iTrek series kayaks and iEclipse are expected to begin arriving at authorized Hobie dealers in March 2021. Uh, if it's anything like last year, you will be first on the list. Pre-order if you can. <laughs> um, you know what? We we joke here. It's I think these are all pretty cool looking. The fact that they're inflatable and whatnot. I just look at these and like, don't call it a, a kayak if it's not a kayak. It's a stand-up paddleboard with a seat, mm-hmm. um, but they are cool. Yeah, that 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 Fiesta, that'd be cool with it with a group of four people on it. That'd be a blast. That would be a blast. Um, you could do anything off of that: party, fish, cruise, Bump, bumper cars, bumper cars, <laughs> paintball. Oh yeah! Wouldn't that be something if you could get enough speed on that? Whipping by people. And thus a new sport was born. (laughs) (laughs) With people out in real kayaks, though, because they could, you know, catch you very easily. Yeah, but there's four of us versus one of them. We'd be like a pirate ship in a raiding party. Ooh, yeah. Right? So there you go, eh? Yeah, we could mount like a cannon or something. This is a great idea. Start taking people's kayaks, <laughs> leave them. Up a really good idea. <laughs> leave leave people. Uh, um, uh, what do you stranded on islands and take their kayaks? Yeah. Ooh. All right, new sports boys. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys got to cover on that one? No, it's, it's, it's a really one. cool kayak. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we want them. You want one. If you go to Hobie, though, if, if you scroll down, if you don't want to look at at kayak, <coughs> stand-up paddleboards, um, scroll down and see the Mirage Islands, the Hobie Mirage Island trimarans. Expensive, but those are cool looking. Although, yes, those are nice the, with the uh, with the mesh netting. You can have, like, dogs along with you. You can – these things, you, Yeah, this, these are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yes, it's like a kayak with training wheels on both sides. <laughs> training yeah. pontoons. Sponsons. Sponsons. Uh, let's take another quick break here. and we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of boys down, uh, three of them, brothers, down uh, going from Australia to uh, Tasmania. We'll yes. be right back after this. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So, I think the last thing we have on our list today, uh, Bass Straits between Southern Australia and Northern Tasmania. Uh, Apparently, it's not a nice stretch. It's a treacherous (laughs) ocean stretch. It's quite open. You've got, this is like, uh, what's the southern tip of North America? What's they call that point? Of Um, North America? South America, sorry. My North bad. America, we call that Florida. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Florida, but different. <laughs> what, around the, the horn of South America? Yeah, around the horn, around the horn. So the weather gets so bad around the southern tips, right? You get the uh, you get the different currents of the, the, the different varying oceans and the winds, and things get crazy. Mm-hmm. Is that Magellan? Or is that Africa? Cape Horn is Africa. What's the other one? What's the one south of... Ah, anyway, I'm not a geography teacher, so... <laughs> my computer I can really slow right now. Are you talking like so, Tierra del Fuego Argent- and stuff? Yeah, Patagonia. Isla Grande, Tierra del Fuego. Straits of Juan de Fuca. We'll just start throwing out names. Juan de Fuca. <laughs> that's the that's straits between Vancouver Island and the mainland. Yes. In British Columbia. It's getting closer to home, buddy. We call it Florida. Plane, just, plane accidentally landed there this morning. Really? Oops. Yeah, they're looking for the plane. They can't find it. Oh. You mean <laughs> yesterday morning, right? Yesterday morning, yes, you're right. <laughs> I did not hear about that. Hmm. So, three brothers have crossed the Bass Strait. In kayaks. Uh, They were going to do a different overseas adventure, they said, uh, when COVID hit and put a kibosh on their plans. Uh, Let's see. Leo, Eric, and Anton Lammers. I think it's Lammers or Lambers? Lambers. Lambers. Uh, Realized an equally thrilling journey was literally on the horizon. They had never been on the ocean in kayaks before. <laughs> a great place to start. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but they, they trained for it. They did train for it. They they did a lot of work to get ready for it. And they're not <laughs> dumb people. Like, they're, was it Leo's? A, he's a medical student. Uh-huh. His brother, Anton, is an orthopedic specialist. And the other brother, Eric, Eric. is a civil engineer. So they, 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 they've got the smarter compadres going in that family. So, Age <laughs> 25 to 31, the three brothers. And 
the trio embarked on a training routine before setting off from Victoria's most southern beach and paddling 340 kilometers to Tasmania's northern shore. 340 doesn't really seem that far, but like you say, when it's on open ocean... Yes. And but when you zoom in on the map, all the law like there's a lot of little islands. Yes. Uh, navigating the open waters, they made landfall on eleven islands, many of them remote and uninhabited, over their nineteen day journey. And they started <laughs> preparing for the ocean crossing ten weeks before setting out. So that was a ten week uh, training period. Armed with an emergency position indicating radio beacon, an EPIRB, and a beacon each, dehydrated food, camping gear, they set off from Tidal River on Wilson's Promontory on Christmas Day. So what do you really? think for Christmas? <laughs> My brothers and I are hopping in a kayak and paddling across to Tasmania. What are you doing on Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> First day was their most difficult and treacherous day. Large waves crashing over them. Their boats were so heavy, they would go straight through the waves. That's awesome, eh? Oh, yeah. You got to think. I mean, they're they're figuring they're going to be, well, 20 days worth of food, right? Yep. Uh, well, they didn't actually expect to be 20 days, I do not believe. But they, Yeah, they had some issues. Yeah. Uh, like I say, they had the medical backgrounds, two of them, and uh, Eric being civil engineer, you know, he brought logistical problem-solving mindsets to the group. And so, yeah, they, they were they were pretty confident that they could do this. And they, they encountered many challenges, including seasickness, cramps, aching muscles, uh, and hands. And the biggest battle was one of Will's. Uh, Leo. When I, when I read that, the Battle of Will, it's like, okay, well, it's not like you could say, nah, never mind, I'm turning around. <laughs> Once you're out there, you're committed. So there's no yeah. Battle of Will. It's just like, okay, we got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, because you're not going to, you know, just because you're getting tired or whatever, yeah. hit your beat. Okay, we're, we're, we're three quarters of the way there. I, I've had enough. Let's turn back. Yeah. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> uh, he says definitely there were times when we wanted to turn around and they usually occurred when you were six hours into a 10 hour battle so turning around <laughs> wouldn't have made sense exactly what you're saying their yep. only kayak malfunction so maybe John you should be going with these guys <laughs> there you go <laughs> their only kayak malfunction occurred 200 meters from their destination when a rudder broke not a problem <laughs> I've had that happen, so I've, I've you know. Yeah, I'd but if good, that was you, uh, John, with these guys, if What's it was two hundred meters from shore, <laughs> your final destination, and your rudder broke, you know the tide would all of a sudden start going out, mm. and you'd be swept out to sea somewhere. <laughs> you can st- you can still steer; it's just harder. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't say whether it broke off. His broke turned. It's like, no. <laughs> I don't know. He's going off into the unknown ocean John, doing a circle. Very large circles. He's, going, he's a NASCAR driver out in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Yeah. Uh, says, the places we got to see arriving at sunset at a beautiful white beach, no one else there, it changes your mindset instantly. 
I think they they were more beautiful because you're so remote and you're in the middle of nowhere. And they, when you get to that beach, you've left the sharks behind you. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, we didn't so, mention the sharks, did we? <laughs> there's a lot of great white sharks down in that area, by the way. So it's their feeding you know. grounds. It's yeah. their winter feeding grounds. Yeah. Are they are they more on the south side of Australia? Or they just uh, sort of circle Australia like a, that's right. like my old dog used to circle my uh, coffee table when I had food on it. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Southern Australia has more than any of the other areas. If I'm okay, who if didn't I'm not turn mistaken. off what? <laughs> I heard somebody's phone or something going there. Oh, it wasn't me. John. It wasn't me. How did you want to yes? I didn't even hear it. I did. Derek. <laughs> Derek. No. Derek. <laughs> anyway. Well, I burp. I didn't burp. <laughs> well, that was pretty musical, I must say. Sounded like oh, a no. ringtone. Oh, I, my, I, my phone's always on silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, they left all the, all the sharks behind. Uh, they slept, mostly slept in tents, but at Royden Island, which is just off the north... Er, uh, Northwest, west northwest side of, yeah. of of Flinders Island, which is a big island just north of Tasmania. Um, they Flinders located Fields? a hut. Yes. Flinders Fields. They located <laughs> a hut which was serendipitous as they ended up having to stay on the tiny island for seven days when a 40-kilometer-an-hour headwind set in and stayed. So if this took them 19 days and seven of that was I in know, one right? spot. Yeah. One third of their trip was just windbound on this island. So like I say, yeah. when they're packing all that food, expecting a 12-day trip. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. Maybe start to ration or catch fish or mm-hmm. catch mm-hmm. a shark to eat or. <laughs> uh, being effectively marooned on a 37-hectare island for a week did send them a bit stir-crazy. We could walk the three kilometer around the island, but we did get a bit of cabin fever. And then when the they finally got off the island and uh, continued, when the coast of Tasmania came into view, the trio had to concentrate hard on not getting ahead of themselves because that's what you got to think after 19 days. There's Tasmania. Let's go. Let's just make a break for it. Yeah. But they had heard that the tide could flow through the strait at about 12 kilometers per hour, enough to create a massive drift that would send them off course and be very difficult to correct so they were prepared for the worst. Instead, about four kilometers offshore, they saw a pod of 30 dolphins jumping out of the water next to their kayaks. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, And so 19 days after leaving Tidal River in southern Victoria, the brothers reached Little Muscle Row Bay on the northern tip of Tasmania, aching and exhausted but triumphant and relieved. I don't know that I would want to sit on my butt in a kayak. That would be tough for right? nineteen days. Paddle. That's not well, so bad. Twelve days. Well, <laughs> I guess what was good is that they were they they were there's lots of islands like coastal islands and stuff like that. They could just they could they would get out. They would like paddle for like a ten hour day and then they'd be on land. So, but still, ten hours sitting on your butt. 
In At least in a, in a canoe, you can sort of stand up, give your legs a stretch. Exactly. You, you know, your legs under and over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but in a kayak, you, you really can't do. All you can much. really do is lift your knees up or put your knees down. Yeah. And bitch and complain. But I, <laughs> I mean, I guess it all depends on how much they, paddling they've done beforehand, too, right? In kayaks. So, so now, John, you have more experience than me, I guess, maybe. But uh, if you're in a kayak at sea and you're seasick, how far can you lean over the side to vomit without <laughs> just rolling? rolling? Yeah, that's right. Vomit, roll. Can you vomit you underwater? Okay? <laughs> I suppose it also, you know, if we're going to really get technical and look into this and think about this, I mean, are you, is it projectile vomiting? Because then all you have to do is turn your head. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can just lean over enough. I mean, right. What happens if you get it on the side of your kayak? You just splash some water up on it. Yeah. There you go. Right? Yeah. Does it act as chum? Ooh. For pre-discussed sharks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you have to go to the bathroom, do you like to kind of jump overboard, do your business, and then do a you – know, there's I, I know how to get back on board a boat, but is that what you're going to do if you got to go to the bathroom? It's like you're going to have to jump overboard and go. Well, <laughs> well, they didn't say how far apart part islands were. Yeah. And if they're stopping every night at an island, you might have a pee bottle. You'd have to do something. Yeah. You'd have to have a pee bottle, yes, for sure. For the day. Right. But you, do, you have a number, do you have a number two bottle? No. <laughs> no. No. Hold it till you no. find an island, buddy. Yeah, that's where you take a lot of uh, anti-diarrheal medication with you and just load up. <laughs> a lot of fiber. Get to, yeah, get to that island where you've got that seven-day wait and just have at it. Go to town. <laughs> Whoever's hut that is that they found. Oh. <laughs> we'll Nobody that go hut. to the north side of that island. Yeah. <laughs> Stay off of Royden Island. <laughs> yeah, it's marked as a toxic waste area for future travelers. There's some information. I'm going to have to Google now. I'm curious now about how you go to the bathroom in the middle of the ocean in a kayak. Well, think mm. about the longer trips people do where they're out there for even Crossing snoozing, land. sleeping right. in their kayaks and that, right? Wrapping yeah. up and sleeping. But a lot of those, too, aren't – they're not like the kayaks that you and I have, right? Mm-hmm. The For the ocean-going ones, they've got cabins in them. And uh, if you look at the guy that set the record, you know, that's he has a cabin in that that he can get into and sleep. Oh, no, yeah. there's other sure. ones, though, people do these trips that are just regular old kayaks. I mean, not cheap ash like we've got, but. Hmm. Um, oh, what's Kevin Callan, that girl, uh, Cackle Media. Oh, I can't remember her name. They did that one big trip. Uh, basically across from Alaska to Russia, her and a girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Justine. Uh, well, I can't remember the name of that. Is that the Aleutians up there? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the Aleutians, yeah. Yeah, and they were up there, but that was like, there was long days up there, and they were just regular um, style kayaks. Were they? 
Yeah. Now, hmm. my that my thing would be if you're out there overnight or something, then raft up so that you know a person on the outside could sort of lean over the side. We're we're talking about this way too much. <laughs> but once it starts, um, yeah, raft up on the side so whoever's on the outside gets to hang their butt over, and then if somebody else needs, they change positions. Be the easiest way. It gives more stability to far canoe. Justine Kerjenovan and yeah. Sarah. Oopen. Yeah, we've actually got that. Uh, Ariana got that uh, movie at our film festival. Won it from Kingdom Outdoor Project. Uh, oh, yeah. Products of two years ago. Hmm. Yeah, if you want to borrow oh. it, let me know, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, don't let me know. It's a Send video, her an right? email. Yeah, like a, a, no, a, book, right? a DVD. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, so you don't have to read it. You just have to read the cover. <laughs> you can watch it. So, anyway, that's a really cool adventure to do something like that. But like I say, my big thing, I don't know that I could. I could probably do that if it was canoeable. But yeah, I don't know if kayak, I want to huh? sit in a kayak for. I want to do it on that big Hobie four-seater. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, the big old Hobie uh, Fiesta. Yes. Jobby job. You just stand contact, up and pee over the side on that thing. Yeah. Let's contact Hobie and tell him we want to do this. <laughs> They'll sponsor the whole trip. A sponsored, yeah. a sponsored trip. Would that be yep. social distancing if we, like, don't – would that be considered our two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Take two weeks to get two to week Tasmania. quarantine? If it takes two weeks to get there? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we're quarantining at sea. Yeah, we're quarantining at sea with the <laughs> sharks. I think there's something yep. to this. Hmm. I think so. Fiesta we, resistance. We need a marketing manager. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, nah, I'd be tempted to throw one of you guys over. <laughs> Call the sharks. Here, go pet him. Go pet him, Derek. He's just a tube of shark meat. He's looking for tube of fish meat. He's he's looking for some cuddles, Derek. Tube of fish meat. Yeah, that's right. All Um, I think that's it, man. That's all we've got. What else you guys got? Anything? I don't. I'm. I can't think of anything right now. I'm distracted. You're just trying to figure out how to poop off of a kayak. I am. I'm in the still, ocean. I'm. I'm Googling that right now, actually. <laughs> oh. We'll save our findings for next week's show. Oh, geez. John, you got anything else? No, but I'm pretty sure I won't be here for next week's show now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that wants to find out how to poop out of a kayak in the middle of the ocean, tune in next week. Um... If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and listen to all our episodes there, all 259 of them now. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with all your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. John, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we might see you next week. Maybe not. 
<laughs> yeah, once once I see the uh, proposed topics for next week, I'll let you know. <laughs> I have a cold coming on. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.